0: Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. dot com, sonny boy. Wow
4: Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D., bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D.
3: Thank you very much, Rob, for that introduction, and welcome to CC with BB. I am Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and this is Connecting with Coincidence, connecting you with coincidence. Let's look at a word for coincidence, uh, serendipity. Serendipity means finding things by accident and then recognizing their usefulness. Medical researchers were studying a new antihypertensive drug, and their male subjects reported an improved sex life. Viagra was born. A woman was overbroiling some tofu strips in her oven. She had the tofu strips in her oven and just left them and came back and saw that she had a vegan version of beef jerky. She made a mistake. And she came up with a business now called Kentucky Vegan Jerky Company. Pretty good stuff. Her business is growing. Go to your local organic store and you might find it. Serendipity, finding stuff that we didn't expect and then finding a use for it. Now let's go to this month's pithy phrase. Low probability coincidences deserve a search for explanation. Tossing them off as chance can miss some very useful understandings about the way the world works. Yeah. And our word for this month is coinciders. Coinciders are people who experience meaningful coincidences. My guests and I are coinciders together, looking at the meanings of synchronicities, and you are joining us We compare our experiences and find that the world is not the way conventional reality defines it. Our minds are immersed in our mental atmosphere uh, that I call the psychosphere through which we can be telepathic, clairvoyant and sense the future as well as find our own human GPS. Sharpen your sensitivity to coincidences. Examine their potential uses and explanations. Read my book, Connecting with coincidence and learn along with me and my guests. Synchronicity spoken here. Amelia Eon Karis, our guest today, is the author of Synchronicity: Unlock Your Divine Destiny. She is founding director of Know the Self, a mystery school for modern day living in which she guides truth seekers to access their innate wisdom. She has helped thousands worldwide to liberate their minds, navigate expanding realities, establish sustainable lifestyles, and live out their divine destinies. Know the self. Welcome back to the show, Amalia.
2: Thanks, Bernie. It's great to be here with you.
3: And we're going to talk today about uh, love and synchronicity. It's one of my favorite subjects for a lot of reasons. So many synchronicities involved with love uh, because love happens in all kinds of ways people meet each other and strange experience with strange experiences I like the ones that have been around for looking across a crowded room and seeing someone and somehow you know that person is someone you want to get a you get in touch with and that happened to you why don't you tell us about
2: Mm -hmm. that story. Yeah, that was a a fun experience. I was working um, in a crowded, um, it's called The Hub. It's like an incubation place for entrepreneurs. And so it's about 400 people uh, in a big sort of warehouse type space working. And I was there working with um, some students of mine and I just looked up. I felt somebody, uh, I don't know if he was looking at me, but I psychically felt that there were the person in the kitchen, just I got this message. He he needs to talk to me now. So I just literally stopped what I was doing and walked straight over to him.
3: And that, and and, that your ability to do that uh-huh. pick, pick up the feeling of a, somebody wanting to talk with you. I think that's. And and, and in the same room, I think that's so important to have our listeners know that it's possible to do that, to to learn that you can believe these intuitions, these messages you get from yourself about someone else. And this guy, you didn't even know.
2: No, I never saw him before. Complete stranger. And I I worked in that um, office space every day. So I knew a lot of the people there. At least they were familiar faces. And he was definitely a stranger. Um, and it, it was interesting that I didn't second guess the intuition, you know, I just walked straight towards him and I almost felt like he called me there. And so when I, when I arrived, I was sort of like, what did you want to say to me? And he was so shocked and nervous all of a sudden. And then I realized it was kind of once I arrived there, I realized what had happened that he had kind of called me there and that that might be strange for someone, you know, but, but as I did it, you know, when I made the choice to just walk over there, that all felt matter of fact to me. It was like, oh, he needs to talk to me. And so I just, (laughs) I just walked straight over there. I felt like he needed my help with something.
3: It's so Um, cool. It's so cool that you can pick, pick that up like that.
2: Yeah. And in that space, I was sort of known um, as the healthy hub ambassador. And I, I led meditation there and people knew my work in the world. I was one of the only like spiritual people in that office space. Most people there were um, working on tech or other types of projects. Um, so I was sort of known as the, the spiritual guide there. And I I could tell when people maybe you know needed someone to talk to or you know uh, so it wasn't very strange for me to do oh, that but it was obviously okay. strange for him <laughs> it was very strange for him um so he got very nervous and he just started fumbling and then I felt nervous for his nervousness like oh yeah. I threw yeah. him off so I better help him out here because he's really struggling with my directness um so he was like, "Yeah, I'm looking for napkins," and I, I started laughing when he said that because I was like, "That's not what you're looking for. You need to talk to me about my work." But then I realized he didn't know who I was. So here I had thought he must know who I am and he's trying to talk to me, but he doesn't know how to ask me. Um, but that wasn't the case. I think you know. Anyway, later I. I brought him some napkins and then I started to chat with him because I thought I better make him feel comfortable so he can share with me what he really wants to say to me because he's not being direct. And I started to get confused, honestly, when I got close, like, oh, did I misread this? Like, maybe, maybe I was um, making that up. Like, I started doubting myself. Uh, so I just started to talk to him and ask him what he did. And I didn't really understand. But I was like, No, I'm sure he needs my help. Um, and then I gave him my card because I thought, Oh, he probably is nervous because there's so many people here. Like, maybe he'll call me and tell me what it is. But then when I walked away, uh, my students who had witnessed the whole thing, they were like, what just happened? What What's going on right now? <laughs> I said, What did you guys see? And they're like, I don't know but that was really intense energy between the two of you. And they were all excited and and very um I don't know. They were they were very curious as to what I was seeing and what was happening to me. Um and then I just said to to one of the girls I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I hope he calls me." And and I could feel like, "Oh, maybe I'm attracted to him." And I was like, "Oh, he guess he was kind of cute." I I wasn't really thinking of that. Because I was just picking up on the, the energy. So it was kind of funny.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to summarize what uh, I'm getting from this for our listeners. You are, you're a different person in this environment uh, from the other techies, pretty much. Yeah. You're, you're, but you had some students there who keep an eye on you. And so you're moving through this environment in a way that's different from most of the other people. And you have a little bit of an audience while you're doing it. And this, you could feel other times when people wanted to have some connection with you. And you could trust it enough to go over and talk with this guy. But then you got immersed in in relating to him and your students could observe what was going on. And they saw some intense energy going on between the two of you. And that made them wonder, well, where is this thing going? Your ability to move around in that environment and be observed like that, I find fascinating.
2: Yeah, and it's not, you know, they were there to just help me get some work done. But, um, yeah, I think they were excited because they felt, you know, they were learning how to see and learning how to trust their energy. And, um, as you know, that's what I teach in my mystery school. So I think they were observing like, oh, you know there's something sparking you know there's a lot of sparks happening here and and they kind of made me realize that, oh, maybe this is romantic and i was I was making it all business like thinking he needed you know my consulting services in, in his personal life, but it here he was, like he just saw. Someone he felt attracted to, and he really wanted to talk to me.
3: And that was the bottom line, of it. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I didn't, I didn't see it like that at first. Yeah. Well,
3: okay. He 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 liked you, <laughs> and you yeah. could tell, and you could tell. And some would argue that it was a nonverbal thing. Rather, I mean, observable. Yeah, totally nonverbal. But yeah. it was observable. Um, rather than uh-huh. energy and intuition. And that's one of the problems that I'm interested in. But we're coming to the end of this segment and talking about how we pick up stuff from other people. You're listening to, connect, connect, to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Amelia Amalia Caris, author of Synchronicity.
4: Exon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell visit www.exonradiotv.com or www.xzontvchannel.com, or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next, we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember, X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
3: Yes, yes, welcome back to CC with B.B., Connecting with Coincidence, and I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and our guest is Amalia Eon karis author of Synchronicity, Unlock Your Divine Destiny. And we've been talking about picking up energy and information from someone across a crowded room. And as we talk about it, I'm just curious about what your students saw. I share with you a belief Actually, it's not so much a belief. It's like a knowing that there is interpersonal energy that we pick up and that we emit. And that it's more than just seeing someone move arms or facial expressions. And there's something else that's nonverbal that is not fully recognized by mainstream science that some of us pick up quite a bit about. And that's that's what you uh, were able to pick up across a room, and uh, your students could be watching the two of you talk with each other, and both of you smiling in kind of seductive ways without knowing you're doing that with each other, and that's the energy they're talking, some of them may be talking about. I think we're talking about something that's more subtle yet than that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very subtle. I don't think there was any overt flirting happening at all. It was very business-like, but yet everybody who was engaged, you know, like me and um, this guy and and my two students could see, we're all hyper-psychic people, so everybody's reading it, it was like we were having one conversation in English, but we were all having another conversation energetically. There was a lot of information being exchanged between the nice, four of us.
3: It's a great way of saying it, Amelia. It's a great way of saying it. A, di- a different conversation energetically.
2: Completely could, different. Yeah. <laughs> could,
3: could you try, Could you try to use English to describe that different conversation a little bit, please?
2: yeah well, I think um, you know what I was sensing from from the guy was that he had some really deep, dark kind of secrets that he needed someone to who would understand to help him navigate through and heal and and I knew they were of a sexual nature or relating to his sex life, and I knew that he felt that maybe he could trust me or that I could help him with that. That's what I was hearing from him. Uh That's exactly what I got the second I walked straight up to him. Like, oh, okay, do you want a session, is basically what I wanted to say. But when I got close, I realized, oh, I can't just ask him if he wants a session because he's already terrified of me that I've even walked over here. Um, But I could tell that he was a very psychic person because the way he sent me the information was directed. You know, some people um, play with their energy and don't realize that other people can feel it. You oh, know, there's yeah. so much yeah, yeah. living in their fantasy life that they think, oh, I'm going to send this packet of thought form over to this person. And then they're really surprised if that person picks up on it. Well, that's not surprising to me because that's the the world I live in and the what I teach and how I work in the world. So when I walked up to him, so directly and so immediately after he obviously had sent a message to me I want to talk to you so I just walked straight towards him and, and my students they were seeing like that we were having another conversation that was not what everybody was hearing with their ears they were like oh he really likes you and he's gonna ask you out and I was thinking oh he oh this is personal I thought this was professional <laughs> because I just was not tuned into his desire for me as a person I was um and later I asked him you know I, I did date him and I got to know him and I asked him about that first meeting and he's like oh no he he told me he did send me that packet that he wanted to talk to me but he was just observing me from afar and he thought I was a really interesting person and he really felt attracted to me, um, and he wanted to know who I was.
3: Sending the thought packet. I, 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 I mean, I think I, I do that sometimes, and I think I get reactions, and I know I get reactions sometimes. Sending thought packets, but to be able to conceptualize that with that nice phrase is really cool. And then you, what you picked up from him was that he needed some help with his sexuality and you thought it was business it became personal um but that's where it's kind of funny um this uh, whole professional personal thing can cross boundaries pretty quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, especially especially when romance is involved
2: and i In retrospect, I should say I should have kept it professional because he really did need my professional help. But because he was so psychic and so aware of energy and was working with a lot of energy and, um, you know, we got close pretty quickly. Well, it wasn't that quickly. I mean, I definitely made him work hard for his his intimacy with me, but it was a lot of um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it was, I, I felt like I it would have been better for him, perhaps, if we stayed um, in a professional manner. But, you know, that's just me looking back, wishing that the pain didn't come with it, perhaps, because uh, I think he did get a lot of what he had originally looked for. But I think it's fascinating that I saw his wounding before I ever noticed um, that he was trying to attract me as a, a partner
3: uh, yeah and that's the professional part of you picking up on what he needed and that's why you went yeah. over to him in the first place in psychotherapy uh, getting involved sexually with our patients uh, gets you in trouble um, oh well uh,
2: that's why I never had him as a client <laughs> <laughs> he,
3: he, he he was the big it was beginning as a client uh i mean well no
2: i mean it's only in my mind that's what i mean
3: but you were right but you were right yeah
2: i think i learned a lot from that experience that i cannot um like if i notice that again that this is not somebody that i want to date um and i tried to keep that boundary but he was you know, very good looking, very charming. And he knew he was very skilled in psychic arts. So he used that to, he was, he was a good match in terms of his ability to communicate telepathically and um, charm me on those levels of his gifts. Um, And, and it was a, it, it was an important relationship. I mean, it was through him that I wrote the book through my agitation with him, but he helped a lot. And, he was, um, he, he's a good guy. It was just an interesting um, way of meeting because right after I met him, I, I gave him my card. And I was thinking when I walked away and my, my student was like, what, do you like him? He really likes you. And I thought, oh, I hope he calls me. And I was kind of surprised that I was so attracted to him. And, um, and then a week later, my house burned down. And I ended up in a different student's house um, staying there because I had nowhere to live. And that girl, the other student, she had gone um, on a trip and she said, well, you know, there's other people in the house. It was a a large home, um, but you can stay there and they all know your house burned down. And so here I was moving into like basically strangers home and I'm in so much shock. And I went downstairs to make myself tea the first morning and this guy was standing in the kitchen and um
3: (laughs) synchronicity synchronicity number two i'll call the first one a different form a telepathic version and so he shows up at this house after your house burned down so you wouldn't have seen him again had your house not burned down
2: yeah i mean maybe i would have at the office or something but i i was waiting for him to call me and he never called me and when i saw him in the kitchen and i said oh hi and i called him by his first name and uh he was just dumbfounded like his mouth was he literally had his mouth open and he couldn't speak he was like uh uh." (laughs) and I said yeah I met you the other day and he's like oh my goodness you're you're the woman that yeah I wanted to call you he's like I have your card in my wallet he opens his wallet and pulls out my business card and and I was like yeah and he's like it's your house that burned down and Yep. And so there, there we were kind of, he didn't live in the house. He was there. um, He was business partner to the other guy who lived there. And so I was kind of stuck there for two weeks, not really knowing how to rebuild my life after I lost everything in the fire. And he, he's a skilled counselor. And so is his friend. And so they ended up really helping me kind of pull myself back together. Um, And so that's how we got to to know each other. Wow. And then the dating started after I moved out of there. And a few months later, he started, yeah, dating me.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that, that, this, this helping each other. You moved to help him in the office. You, house burned down awful, awful. And there he is to help you with his friend, help you recover your sense mm-hmm. of self, to know the self that is now without a house Uh, and so you you, two of you on just two meetings um had a lot of intensity going on with each other right right away
2: yeah the whole relationship was was like that constant constant synchronicities and a lot of magic and a lot of intensity and it it was almost too much uh it it was too much intensity for me i it was like i needed Uh, way more calm and stable
3: yes i know the feeling i've been through recently a lot and it's turmoil it's much nicer to have calm but i want in our next segment i want to be able to talk about our about the synchronicities that happened uh in that relationship because those synchronicities tend to reinforce the idea that this is a relationship that should maintain itself You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beidman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest is Amalia Giancaris, author of Synchronicity, Unlock Your Divine Destiny. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence, with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. And we are talking with amelia Eon karis author of Synchronicity Unlock Your Divine Destiny. Her website is know the, know the self.com And we've been talking about a love of hers, a love experience of hers and synchronicity and trying to be able to say what's the place of synchronicity in love. And you had an intense relationship with this man, um, beginning with a lot of intensity, as we've talked about. And tell us something about some of the synchronicities that took place in that relationship and what they meant to you and possibly what they meant to him.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, on one of our first dates, um, you know, I was living out in the woods and so he would drive out to visit me and it was very romantic, oceanside, you know, woods and beauty. And I realized I, for some reason I called him Mr. Fox and it just sort of came out of my mouth. Like that's his new nickname or something. And I, I kept wondering, why did I call him Mr. Fox? And then after he went home and I was driving, Um, back home that day, uh, just from the coast into my um, house where it was deep in the woods, I came across seven different um, foxes in the road, like a whole family of foxes crossed the road. And I thought, oh my gosh. And I, you know, I, I work with um, shamanism and animal spirits. So when you see that many animals in one day, you realize the medicine of that animal is trying to say something to, to you. Right. So I, I was like, fox, oh my god, that's complete trickster energy, and oh, he's a fox, I better be careful, and so this this little bit of paranoia and fear started brewing, um, and the foxes kept appearing everywhere, like uh, my friend was waiting for me at my house, and she has a little kid, and um, we were walking around the property, and there there was some scat on the ground and her husband said, Oh, that looks like Bobcat. And I said, no, it's, it's a Fox. And you know, what do I know? I didn't, I don't know what Fox scat looks like, but I said it so confidently. And right when I said it, her little son ran past us and he was wearing um, a red Fox hat. And I thought, Oh my goodness, there's the Fox again, you know, the symbology on the hat. And then every time I went for my morning walk, there would be scat, the same looking scat all along my path. Uh, when I went to water my plants, um, this apple would be like bitten, half eaten apple would be near my water can. And I would always throw it out and I felt like I was playing fetch with some animal. And so all of this kind of felt fantastical. Like, oh, I really have this wild imagination that I've got this pet fox. Um, but I knew it was connected to this guy. Um, and sure enough, every time I would see the Fox something in his life, uh, like I would call him and I would know something about him. Like he's, um, being foxy with other ladies or, you know, he's kind of, because he knew I didn't trust him. Um, in that way, I felt like he doesn't know how to be monogamous and he's too much of a charmer. And he knew my concerns about the relationship or dating him. And he was like, promising to me that he was going to be 100% monogamous and just with me. But I could feel that that our versions of monogamy were very different. And, um,
4: <laughs> and, so when, every-
3: and, and, and when you saw a fox, you, you didn't see the fox. You just saw evidence of the fox. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- the fox that was playing with you that you never saw, but saw evidence of the scat, the apple. um uh, the fox, somehow, when you saw evidence of, this, of the fox having been around, connected you with his psyche in a way that allowed you to know what he was doing.
2: Oh, yeah. we would get so much information. And I would just always know to call him right then, just to see. And sometimes um, he would be very surprised, often, like why I called at that particular moment. Because I would just say, what are you doing right now? Uh-huh. And then he'd be like, uh...
3: I'm with this. I'm with this other woman right
2: now.
3: <laughs> did that happen sometime?
2: Yeah, like one time um, he was traveling, and I again this this thing with the fox the the, Im- the invisible fox around my house. Um, okay. And I I called him because I was like, okay, this just happened. Oh, the what what happened was I went to my meditation nook, which was this hollowed out uh, redwood tree. And I kept my Tibetan bowl there, which, you know, my singing bowl that I use for meditation. And the fox had scat inside the bowl. Yeah,
3: yeah, it, yeah. And, so and that's I a was, message.
0: That's a message.
2: That really pissed me off because, you know, that's my sacred object. And it had taken the mallet that you hit the bowl with and had put it outside the meditation area. It was like, you know, 50 feet away. So then I called him and I was kind of laughing because it was... It was comical and, and shocking. And I was like, this fox is really trying to get my attention. And sure enough, he, was, he told me he was walking with a woman who was wearing a fox fur coat. And he had just told her um, that I was having all these experiences with foxes and that I call him Mr. Fox. He was telling her this
3: Oh, beautiful. when I called. Beautiful, he, beautiful, beautiful.
2: Yeah. And so he was like, Oh, my God, I was just talking to this woman. And I was like, what does she look like? She's probably gorgeous. And I'm sure you're flirting with her in this way of like, he had this way of, you know, he's flirting with her telling her about his girlfriend, me, (laughs) right? So that was kind of his foxy way of like, You should trust me because I have a girlfriend. Therefore, I can get close to you. (laughs) You know, that was his way of doing it. It was very foxy nature. And you couldn't it was so adorable that you couldn't really ignore him. He was really good at it. And so I didn't know if I hated him or loved him. Like I I couldn't stand this (laughs) behavior. But it was so adorable that I couldn't stop laughing. And but I was also crying. And so I got off the phone with him and I got so angry, like my feelings were so confused that I just decided to scream really loud because I was in the middle of the woods. Nobody could hear me. And I was doing my own like cathartic release. And when I I was screaming, 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 just like I got to let this out Um, because I had asked him to help me focus. Like when I'm in connection with someone, I need them to like sort of ground the energy and and not be doing something that distracts me because I was writing my book. And um, I look out in the middle of me screaming, all of a sudden I hear cha and I look at my front um, window, which was this big glass door, and there's the red fox sitting on my doorstep, just staring at me. And I, so I finally could see him, and then my screaming turned to laughing, and he let me take a photo of him. He almost let me pet him. Wow. Um, yeah, and then from then on I had seen him a number of times he would show himself. So he was like adopting me, this fox. You know, for months, he was following me. It wasn't just once or twice. It was pretty much every day for about three months that I had this experience with the fox. Um,
3: uh, this, the, the scat in the bowl, uh-huh. moving the mallet, and you're calling Mr. Fox, and he's being foxy with a woman with a fox, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a piece of clothing on her. Um and then you scream and then you see the the fox, the red fox showing up. That's a big cluster of foxiness in one like relatively short period of time.
2: And you know what happened? I sent him the photo of the fox and I said, "See, it was a fox because he he wasn't sure that I was really being Followed by a fox because, you know, I would tell him that's why I called you because I saw the scat and he was thinking like, wow, she's she's either crazy psychic or this fox is real. Like he wasn't or both. Right. And uh, when I sent him the photo of the fox, he he was so shocked and excited and he was still with that woman. So he showed her, look, she just saw the fox and he's explaining the whole story to her. Right. That's how he's hanging out with her. Well, she got so afraid of him, she ran away.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: And I couldn't stop laughing because the fox was sort of helping me get rid of this woman that I didn't want him hanging out with.
3: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Yeah, it was really interesting.
3: Well, so that, I, I, I look at that whole cluster of foxiness, the mm-hmm. whole thing, as a very low-probability event with a lot of... Uh, power in it a lot of energy in it and uh, you you made it even more uh, in the midst of it by screaming and then telling the story and she blows it it blows her up and makes her run away uh, that he's he's uh the fox becomes a, 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 a representative of him in your life uh, he's a fox but you've got the fox there um acting something like him but then the fox becomes your ally that day
2: yeah well you know what the fox represents um in the native american lore is is synchronicity itself um it's it walks between the worlds so the fox always stays on the edge of the forest between the where the forest meets the meadow and that's why it can never be seen so it was following me the whole time like i i started reading up on fox behavior like is this fox really adopting me? Because I could feel him all the time. And I would leave treats out for him each night. And I would even fall asleep in front of the window waiting to see him. But he always knew when I would fall asleep, then he would take the treat. Because I would feel him and I'd wake up or open my eyes and it was gone. So it was like that split second. (laughs) He would know. And, And I read up on the fox and sure enough, that's what they do. They... That's why they're, they're the tricksters, because they they hide on the edge of the forest, but very close to the meadow.
3: You became more and more connected to the fox, kind of like the way you connected with Mr. Fox early on and were still psychically connected with him. We were coming to the end of, of this segment and. This is very, very interesting. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Our guest is Amelia Ion-Karas, and we are talking about foxes.
5: Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director, Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, Empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com.
4: Get both the book and the DVD a forty dollar value for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to LAMarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net.
3: You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host Dr. Bernie Biteman M.D., and that is me. And our guest is Amalia Eon-Karis, and she is describing a wonderful string of synchronicities involving fox, a fox or foxes. And it's, it's a synchronicity form that is observable by anybody else. It, it's not just thinking about it, and then it happens out there in some form. This is an observable form. It's a string. And uh, I call them thing-thing coincidences. And this is a remarkable one that the culminated uh, in our last segment with a lot of foxiness happening in a short period of time, mixed in with a blood-curdling scream that brought the fox out of the woods to say hi to Amalia. Well, what, what, what happened then as the, you and the fox got connected? And I want to emphasize what you're describing. Uh, I, I got a song from one of my patients uh, called A Golden Thread. And it's the idea that we're connected to other beings, particularly ones we love. And you were connected to Mr. Fox, but then you became more and more connected to the fox itself and mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that kind of stringy connection uh, not just information packets being sent, but actually some kind of transmission line having been established
2: yeah absolutely and i I feel that animals um, you know they carry medicine with them to to bring us gifts or you know if you know about shamanic energies and and how the animal totem kind of delivers um, powers with it, and I felt that the fox medicine was being gifted to me at that time. Like how to how to see between these, you know, this golden thread that connects all of us through synchronicities and what the bigger meaning is. And I feel that the fox was was really training me. I mean, I was writing the book um, at that time on synchronicity. And so the Fox, you know, became a prominent part of the book. Um,
3: and what, what is, it was, what was helping Fox me write it. What's, what's Fox Medicine? What is Fox Medicine? It, me- it is, is
2: synchronicity. It's about being between worlds and um, really merging the the unseen with the seen. Hmm. Which is what I do and which is what I was writing about. Um, so... Yeah, you know, which is, you know, how Mr. Fox showed up in my life um, and our whole relationship was was very psychic and very otherworldly. I mean, the the entire relationship itself was built on synchronicity. And, you know, every experience we had was very synchronistic and, and magical the way to the end.
3: Could you give, um, Could you give us some examples and then we can try to get to the end in the last part of this? In the last part of this?
2: Well, I think I want to not talk so much about him but more about how synchronicity plays a role in in relationships because I found all my relationships through synchronicity you know and I developed relationships based on that I guess I've always looked for that magic or that magic has kind of found me and guided me to people and I got confused for a long time especially my younger years that that synchronicity meant that, you know, this is destiny, therefore yeah. my my soulmate or my yeah. the the one, right? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where I'm supposed to kind of land up.
3: And so important. This is so important, Amelia.
2: Yeah, and I think he was also confused by it, like, oh, am I supposed to have a family with her? Is this yeah. the one? And yet there were so many other things that didn't really match up for us, uh, very practical things that needed to be looked at, Um and so in the end, you know, we broke up and, and we're not together.
3: And, and I, I, I w- want to keep emphasizing yeah. that There is the synchronicity that brings the hearts and the souls together. But then there is 3D reality that we have to deal with. And as you just implied and have more details, we don't have to get into. It didn't fit for the two of you to be together. Some things didn't work. Some people just go ahead and throw themselves into it because it's so synchronicity. They don't work on their relationship. They don't see the problems and it falls apart.
2: Yeah. Well, what I want to say is that just because there's synchronicity doesn't right. mean that this is a match made in heaven, even though it is from heaven and it is divinely guided. And I did need to have that relationship,
5: yes, yes. but
2: it does adding the whole romantic um, belief set onto it are these programs that love is supposed to last forever. Or this yeah. is we have to make this work because it yeah. is just so magical that how could we yeah. let go yeah, that yeah. really gets you into trouble i feel because
1: yeah.
2: when i look back at all the relationships and i've you know been married twice and had quite a few relationships and they all have amazing magical stories to them but th- it wasn't it wasn't to like be this romantic story that lasts in forever and ever it, yeah. they were lessons very big lessons that i needed to they were kind of initiations and pathways and really helped form who I am today and gave me a lot of gifts and blessings, even though there was a lot of pain. And so when I talk to others who are having a lot of magic and synchronicity, I I guess my biggest message is it doesn't mean that it's forever. It doesn't mean that this is that golden one that you need to really stay in reality also, because relationships can't function a hundred percent on, um, the, the synchronicity flow, even though, you know, we still have to make money. We still have to hold a household and like get comforted and nurtured and love the way we, we need to, those things are really important too. Um, but I feel that synchronicity, what it does is it helps us understand who we are at a spiritual level. Like it helps unlock gateways inside ourselves that, we're trying to discover, you know, what's the purpose of our life? What are my gifts? What am I here to do? And these, these kind of synchronistic relationships, I think, come in to help us um, train or form that deeper sense of self. I don't think it's about the relationship per se.
3: Very, very well said, Amalia. Uh, one, of, one of my coincidence songs is called All Those Coincidences, and it's just about this. <laughs> They've done mm-hmm. just about this, because it's so important to get this across to people in, involved with synchronicities in love. It's, they are lessons they are experiences. They could be initiations, but they don't necessarily mean that it's going to be forever. It's so amazing how romance makes you feel that for a while, but it's only at the beginning. After a while, you got to take care of business. Now, right. what else do you want to tell our, our, our audience about love and synchronicity? Because I think you've made a beautiful summary right there.
2: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, we, we have romantic notions. Um, and I think we need to look at at the belief patterns, um, especially my generation. I feel that, you know, we're we're just craving. Um, what is what is your
3: what is your marriage.
2: generation? Generation X. Okay. <laughs> I was born in the '70s, um, but I feel that that they're like, you know, we we don't typically believe that marriage should last forever, or you know, we we're testing out a lot of different relationship dynamics because we want to be fulfilled we want to keep our independence or um and I can just speak for myself I I'm not looking for marriage in a white picket fence like that kind of scared me so I've been on a path of like discovering fulfillment I want to fulfill my potential I want to fulfill the needs that I have I don't want to settle for anything sort of less than and so I've called a lot of synchronicity towards me um, in that discovery. Now, if you're looking for a partner that you want to have a family with and grow old together, well, maybe you don't want to follow synchronicity in that pathway because I do think that synchronicity is here to um, challenge us and to wake us up to our sleeping memory. And that sleeping memory, when we wake up to it, it it causes spiritual awakenings. It's It's not for the ones who want to stay the same it, it's for exponential growth so when you're having a lot of synchronicity it's confusing and you have to be like a detective um to put the pieces together and you start waking up to other realities that are really uh mind-bending um and can be very confusing you know i i help guide people in putting together those um pieces of reality and it, it can kind of take over your life so if you're looking for a really stable life i wouldn't suggest you know following synchronicity all day long
3: well, <laughs> uh, once you become we, we have uh, just a little while left why don't you tell uh tell us a little bit more about what you do and how people can get in touch with you
2: sure um i run a mystery school called know the self and if you go to know the self.com i run um there's an intro course that's self-paced that people can uh, help them guide through synchronicity if they've had an awakening or if they're having a lot of synchronistic experiences. I help people uh, learn how to be sovereign and and hone their inner navigation system so they can be that detective and really understand why these experiences are happening to them because it's probably happening because you're here to do something um, quite important on the planet um, so I like to guide them and help them stabilize uh, what I call the starseed seed awakening um, and I also just launched a podcast called love sex and the hidden agenda where I talk a lot about relationship dynamics and what's behind it and uh, share a lot about what I've learned through my relationships it's me and another um, therapist so that just came out last week.
3: Very good. I, I, I'm, you've expanded my ideas about synchronicity and love. I kind of knew it, but I needed words. I needed to be able to uh, conceptualize a little more clearly, because it's so jolting to be involved and then have it be over with such intensity. And right. so, so we've had an intensity and we're over now too. So <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you very much. For, it was
2: great. <laughs> you've Thanks, been listening. Marty.
3: You're welcome, Amalia. You're listening. <laughs> you're listening, Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest has been Amalia Ion karis